For those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women of our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning on this fifth Sunday of Easter is the first reading for today from the book of Acts chapter 11. You heard it read before, I recall just these words. <clears throat> However, when Peter went to Jerusalem, the believers who insisted on circumcision began to argue with him. They said, you went to visit men who were uncircumcised, and you even ate with them. Then Peter began to explain to them point by point what had happened. He said, I was praying in the city of Joppa when I fell into a trance. I saw something like a large linen sheet being lowered by its four corners from the sky. The sheet came near me. I looked into the sheet very closely and saw tame animals, wild animals, reptiles and birds i also heard a voice telling me get up peter kill these animals and eat them but i answered i can't do that lord i've never put anything impure unclean into my mouth a voice spoke from heaven a second time don't say that the things which god has made clean are impure in the name of our dear lord jesus christ who is by his death and his resurrection has cleansed us from all sin, my beloved. You've heard the little joke before, haven't you? Um, how many Lutherans does it take to change a light bulb? Change? The message this morning, in fact, all the messages are actually about change. And even though a lot of us say, oh, you know, we like change, when we actually have to do it, finally, it's a little bit uncomfortable. You know, uh, well, let's uh, rearrange the furniture in the living room. Well, I like it just the way that it is. Well, let's change the color of the bedroom. Well, I kind of like it just the way it is. We're all creatures of habit. You know, we don't like to change. It's kind of amazing, uh, <clears throat> those years that I was not in the parish ministry, I went to church every day, didn't officiate. When we first started going to church, I said, I am not going to sit in the same pew every Sunday like everybody else does. Started going to church, sat in the same pew every Sunday. In fact, I'm kind of amazed. Some of you are out of place this morning. It's kind of a fresh change. But otherwise, uh, you know, we're creatures of habit. We don't like change. And there's also, you know, you've heard it before, tatuati, you know, uh, that's the way we've all done it. And so we don't like to change. That's the subject of uh, the words before us from the book of Acts. Very simply summed up, it's St. Peter's verbal defense about some criticism that his fellow church people were leveling at him. Peter went out and talked to people who were not Jewish about Jesus and his fellow church people's saw those people as being undesirable, and that was something wrong. He shouldn't be doing that. And so Peter had to tell them, wait a second, God visited me in a vision, 
And he now has changed the mission of the church. In fact, that's the theme of our message this morning. Mission changed. The mission of the church was changed. Changed by God. So we set the stage in this, uh, these words from the book of Acts this morning. And uh, these words talk about two men. A man by the name of Cornelius, who was a Roman centurion. And St. Peter, an apostle. And this event took place about five years after Jesus ascended into heaven. And each one of these men had a vision. After St. Paul, uh, after the uh, at Pentecost, St. Paul was really, as were all the other disciples, really on fire for Jesus because they had actually seen him dead and they saw him alive once again and they saw him ascend into heaven and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they just had to tell people about Jesus. And they traveled around, most of the disciples, talking to their fellow Jewish countrymen about Jesus. On one of his brief mission journeys, St. Peter traveled about 35 miles northwest um, to a town called Joppa, which was on the shore of the Mediterranean Sea. And while he was there... Uh, A man by the name of Cornelius, a centurion, had a vision. And just exactly who was this Cornelius? The Bible says he and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. The closest that this man could come in trying to find the true God was the Jewish faith. But he didn't know the real God yet. So on one day, about three in the afternoon, Cornelius had a vision. And God told him to an angel, go and send a, a contingency down to Joppa because there you'll find a guy by the name of Peter living in the house of Simon the Tanner. The following day, about noon, Peter had a vision down there in Joppa. It says he saw heaven open and something like a large linen sheet let be left down uh, from heaven by its four corners. It cont contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. I mean, did you ever think about it? Uh, we have a little picture in our uh, Know the Bible Now. We discussed it in Bible class this past Tuesday where you saw all these animals. There was an alligator in there, and there was a camel in there, and there, were a whole, uh, there was an ostrich in there. There was a whole lot of undesirable animals in there. And uh, there were, oh, there was a pig in there, too. And I can just imagine the sheep being uh, left down from heaven the noise, I mean, the roaring and the squealing and the oinking and the mooing and the hissing it must have been frightening in today's vernacular. We would say what was in there was downright nasty. But what was so stomach-turning is then God tells Peter, what I want you to do is I want you to kill these animals and eat them. What God was doing in one fell swoop was changing the religious dietary restrictions for God's people that had been in existence for 1,500 years way back to Moses on Mount Sinai. You see, before the days of plasma and LED uh, TVs and uh, smart boards, God provided for his people some non-electronic visual aids. And very simply, he told them that there were certain foods, certain animals and certain foods that they could eat, which God called clean, and there were cer certain foods and animals that they could not eat that God called unclean. The exact list is actually summed up in Leviticus chapter 11 in the Old Testament. 
with that dietary visual aid, God was teaching his people several things. First of all, you may want to eat certain things that a whole lot of other people in the world eat. No, 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 you can't. You have to sacrifice that from your diet. You can't eat like other people. He was teaching them the idea of sacrifice, you know, giving up something near and dear to you like God gave up his son. And then he also was painting a picture that uh, foods that were clean, uh, that was a picture of sinlessness. And uh, foods that were unclean was a picture of sinfulness. So God says, you can eat the foods that I say are okay according to my will, but you can't eat the foods that are not according to my will. And if you do that, then I will be your God and you will be my people. And also those dietary restrictions kept the Israelites and the Jews separate from other nationalities and heathen religions. Just as an example, if you can imagine a heathen family uh, getting in touch with a Jewish family or Israelite family in the Holy Land and saying, hey, come on over for supper. And the Jewish family would say, fine, what are you having? And the guy says, oh, we're going to have a couple beers and ham sandwich. And they would say, well, I can't come over. And the pagan people would say, well, why not? Well, because our God says we can't eat pork. Well, exactly, who is your God? What does he look like? Does he look like a bull? Does he look like a calf? Does he look like a lion? Oh, no, no, no. Our God is the only God. He's the invisible God. <laughs> what kind of God are you worshiping? You can't eat pork and he's invisible? Come on. But that's exactly what God wanted of his people. He wanted his people to stay separate and distinct because he had promised from that nation a Savior would be born. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until Shiloh comes. A shoot shall come forth from Jesse. And when the time had fully come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive the full rights of son. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the, uh, Bethlehem, the town of David, because he was of the house and lineage of David. You see, once Jesus finally came, Jesus was born of the Jews. And now that Jesus came, it was time for some drastic changes for the church. No longer was the church to be isolationist and preservationist, now the church was to be expansionist. God was telling Peter, now the former dietary restrictions, they're all off. The diet that designated them as God's one and only chosen people was off because now his word of truth was no longer for just one nation, but for all the nations. And that's why the other aspect of Peter's vision is most important. It says, while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. Get up, go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. God was telling Peter, I want you to take the message of Jesus now to people that you're going to feel very uncomfortable with. A Roman, a Gentile, a non-Jew. Someone different from Peter's nationality, but someone who desperately wanted to hear the message of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us when Peter arrived at Cornelius' house, 
Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people because Cornelius had called together his relatives and his friends. He said, it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. And we know what Peter preached in that sermon because it's told us right in the Bible. It says, Peter said, we are witnesses of everything Jesus did in the country of the Jews in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen. By us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And so the mission of the church was changed. From a church where God preserved his word of truth among one specific nationality to a church where God expands his word of truth among people of all nationalities. The mission of the church, go and tell. And we know why we have to go and tell. Because there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we may be saved than Jesus Christ. And as St. Paul said, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But sometimes it makes us a little uncomfortable because we say, hey, Jesus, I can go. But I don't know what to say. You absolutely do. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. You know what to say. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. And I believe the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints. And if you want to know how to say it a little bit more comfortably, then you should come to the seminar on Saturday. If you cannot speak like angels, if you cannot preach like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus, you can say he died for all, and that's all that Peter did. If you cannot rouse the wicked with the judgment's dread alarms, you can lead the little children to the Savior's waiting arms. And there's another reason to go and tell, and that's because the mission fields are ripe unto harvest. And so it's time for me to retell once again. Maybe some of you heard it or be before or not. Told it in Bible class. My two favorite mission stories. The first one that makes me humble. And it makes me repent of my sins every day. And that goes back to like about 1973, 74 when I was a mission pastor with just 22 members in the church. And it was my responsibility to go and canvass the neighborhood. You could do that back then and knock on doors and say... We're starting a Lutheran church. And so I was doing that one hot July afternoon. And I had been out there for, I don't know, two, three hours, you know, and it's hot. I had my water bottle along with me. 
knocking on doors. And I said, you know, doors slammed in your face all the time. I said, enough of this. I'm doing one more block, and then I'm going home. So I knocked on the first door on the corner. Pretty lady answered the door. I told her who I was and what we were doing. She said, Pastor, we've been waiting for you. Let me go get my husband. They were members of one of my first confirmation classes, and they became some of the foundational and wonderful members and supportive members of that mission congregation. Pastor Robbie, learn your, mess, learn your lesson. And then there's the mission story about my wife's um, uncle, who was an African missionary. Went over there, they preached the message of Jesus Christ. The chief became a Christian. Many of the people in the, uh, the tribe became Christians. But one day he called my wife's uncle aside and he said, thank you for telling us about Jesus. But you know, before you came, my father died last year. Why didn't you come sooner? The reason to go and tell because the mission fields are ripe unto harvest. Right here in Copps Park, there are people somewhere just waiting for you to tell them about Jesus. They need to hear what you have to say, and I know you go, because you have been changed too. From an enemy to a friend of Jesus, by water and the word. The mission of the church is changed. The mission of the church, not sit and wait, but go and tell. May we be all moved by the message of Jesus Christ each day to join the company of Isaiah. When he said, here am I, Lord, use me. Here am I, Lord, send me. God granted for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our word, our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.